Hello there, Matthew J. Elliott here, taking time out from doing British things like correcting people's grammar and... Well, that's it really, to congratulate you, the listener, for selecting the True Blue Riffcast. Yes, you could have picked any one of the thousands of Riff Tracks themed podcasts on the web, but your perspicacity led you to seek out the number one Riff Tracks podcast, and for that, you should be commended. Now, I'm going to turn you over to your hosts, Dave and Jeremy, and I shall board a flight back to England without even so much as the boxed lunch I'd been promised. Thanks, Matthew J. Elliott. This is the True Blue Riffcast, the number one Riff Tracks podcast in the world. I am Jeremy, and I am joined, as always, by... What's up, everybody? I'm Dave, and I'm joined by my kitty man, Fanto. Uh, he's a last-minute addition to the podcast, literally while the music was playing, because um, I uh, the park where I usually go to to record the podcast, uh, uh, there was I was smart about it, and I went there half an hour early to make sure that there was not going to be any construction. And oh my gosh, there was! So <laughs> I, I had enough time to turn around and come back home, so that the construction people can give uh, piping through my park to the rich a-holes who destroyed my wonderful view with their stupid houses, okay? Now, it is not a crime. <laughs> it is not a crime to want something. It is not a crime to think. And it is not a crime to say that you want something. Therefore, I am committing no crime when I say I want to firebomb these rich a-hole houses. Okay? That's not a crime. It's not a crime to want something. Hey, buddy, where are you going? Um... <laughs> So I so I turned around and I came back and I got in my car, and after Jeremy started the live thing, I went mute, and I rolled down my window and my cat is in my backyard and I see it because my part my my car is parked on on the side of the house. I think he wants to get out now, but um and I was like, hey hey Fanta, what you doing? And he heard me and he came running over and he jumped over the fence, and he started because he's a social cat but he wants to be social like at a distance. <laughs> he's, he's out of the car now. He so he's a COVID to be cat. At a distance, yeah. Um, and he was just laying out in the sidewalk. I was like, oh, I can't have you hanging out in the sidewalk. So I brought him in the car, but he just jumped, jumped out the window again. And I think he was no longer interested. <laughs> so I don't know. He's 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 on the sidewalk again. But he wants he wants to be near me, but he doesn't want to like want to have to like you know, like touch me or anything or like be a nice kitty he just kind of wants to be around just like hang out like at a distance so that's what he's doing right now and he's looking at me he's being he's being a great old bitey boy and he's looking at something he sees a bird so hopefully i won't have to go okay all right <laughs> you, well, you don't have to clean anyway. up a corpse yeah of my cat that i love yeah but the thing is uh, I figured out why he has. I know this is cat talk now. I, I I figured out why he hasn't been eating his the cat food that I get for him, is that um uh, he's a serial killer. Yeah. And he regularly feasts on the corpses of birds in our yard. So. I mean, he's uh, a cat, so what, of course. Yeah. Uh, this like, but he's he he's a psychopath, and he's hunting birds right now. But anyway, we're not here to talk about my cat. We're here to talk about Rift Tracks. Yeah, and specifically the blood of Fu Manchu, which uh, confusing uh, for multiple thoughts. reasons, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, our first our first thing we absolutely have to do today is see what James what the hell James One is doing. 
Yeah, I actually um, looked at the Twitter feed. Yes. Before Jeremy did, and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't instruct me to not. That cat better not be under the car. Uh, so well, we looks like the car's not moving for a while. <laughs> so we got a uh, an update last last episode of the world tour schedule, uh, <laughs> and uh, we've got some more updates on that. Uh, excited to announce our UK premiere at Mayhem Film Festival in Nottingham. <laughs> uh, and then above that. Oh my God. Uh, on September 14th, he posted that tickets went on sale for the Birdemic 3 world premiere at Fantastic Fest at uh, the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas. And now I have to read this. Uh, I clicked on the link to the page for Fantastic Fest, and I have to read this blurb here. Uh, okay. Because it is uh, quite, quite interesting. Uh, let me grab it real quick so we can show it to the audience along with me reading it for people who are in the chat, uh, just because it's kind of long, but <laughs> this is this is very interesting. So it just starts out with a, cl- a quote from Evan. Uh, it just says, damn global warming, Evan. Um, <laughs> that's the very first thing you read, and this is... <laughs> Yes, buddy. You want to come back in? This is listed as a romance thriller comedy. I think the first one was listed like that, too, uh, with romance coming first because, you know, James Wen knows so much about romance. Yeah, he sure so, does. He so here's the he full here's the full description, okay? okay. While slowly sauntering the down the Santa Cruz Pier, uh, geronologist a scientist studying the biological aspects of aging. I probably butchered however that's supposed to be. And Tesla Model 3 driver, Evan. Okay, right here I'm going to stop because uh, that's how you can tell what kind of... What kind of... No, no, it was the Prius that died. Uh, the This is exactly the type of person that Evan is. Uh, where he makes the fact that he drives a Tesla part of his personality. Um, I bet he put it in his Twitter profile. Probably. Uh, anyways, played owner. by... Proud Tesla owner. <laughs> Proud Tesla I owner. I Elon Musk. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Evan, played by Ryan Lord, happens to spot marine biologist Kim collecting <laughs> ocean water Kim. samples for her climate change research. It doesn't look good. Kim carefully explains to Evan the movie. Kim carefully explains to Evan that the water is too acidic because there's too much CO2 in the water caused by global warming and that in turn is causing the sea lions and whales to contract cancer, contract, sorry, contract cancer, die and wash up on shore. Okay, so we're starting Birdemic with uh sea lions Whale and whales. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it isn't collisions really, with cargo ships, what, like the media is reporting. Me feel like, what is it, buddy? It's global what? warming. No, I'm talking. I'm sorry. I'm talking. No, like, no, 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 no. That's the next. The, that was the next line. Car, <laughs> get in the car. Stop whining. Okay. That's the, the, oh the, my gosh. Sauntering mean. The sauntering means mean that he walks like Rob. That's what Mike wants to know. <laughs> uh, probably. 
So yeah, that's how, uh, that's how Edward talked. No, no, that's how the um, if you read the first Twilight book, like that's how the main villain is first described. How he walks, he saunters, <laughs> sauntered. Uh, but so yeah, there's too much CO two in the water, and uh, because there's too much carbon dioxide, that's why sea lions and whales are getting cancer and dying. Uh, it isn't collisions with cargo ships like the media is reporting. It's global warming. But that is not where the story ends. Climate change, it turns out, is really bad. That's what it says. Climate change, it turns out, is really bad. Yeah, I thought it was good. You know what else is really bad? Slavery. (laughs) Nazis. They're really bad, too. Uh, Remember. It's it's really bad. This this is, okay, this is what it says. Remember, this is Birdemic 3. And it is not a spoiler to clue you in that the birds, in particular the sea eagles, are super pissed. Like all in caps. I'm guessing James wrote this. this. Uh, The chance encounter between Evan and Kim sets up what can only be described as a patented James Wen romantic thriller. This young couple has both epic adventure and steamy romance ahead of them. As the film ambles towards its enigmatic conclusion. <laughs> Wait a second. No way. <laughs> yes, I swear that's what it says. Blurb? As the is film that, ambles like towards its enigmatic conclusion. It's not good. <laughs> our young couple will be packing serious heat, contemplating what? a space elevator with a very mysterious, very Ellen Musky no, no, Mr. Stop. Green. <laughs> stop. Stop, 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 stop. A space <laughs> elevator? A space elevator with a what very... What the hell is a space elevator? With a very Ellen Muskie, Mr. Green. Ellen Muskie? Oh, yeah. oh, he's Elon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, watching Russian roulette with sharks. Watching Russian roulette with sharks. What does that mean? What does that even mean? What does yes. any of this mean? Dude, this is like... <laughs> Dude, this is like an AI blur. <laughs> Mike says sauntering and ambling. Clear my calendar. Uh, okay, so they're they're watching Russian roulette with sharks, disco dancing for hours, encountering booze fueled biker gangs, engaging James in heavy this. engaging in heavy petting, and of course, laying waste to a shitstorm of really angry birds. <laughs> Oh, the best part is we're not even done yet. We're not even done yet. What? How can we not be done? <laughs> There's still another paragraph. <laughs> a, nut, a whole other paragraph. Okay, no, I... Going. this Okay. Severin Films distributed the extraordinary Birdemic Shock and Terror in 2010, but was not involved in the less well-received Birdemic 2. <laughs> there were just okay. too many... There were just too many cooks hovering over that pot. Why do they got to put that in there? In order to recreate the magic of the first. Why he got to shit on his own movie? I don't know. In order to recreate the magic of the first, they yielded 100% creative control and director's cut to director and screenwriter James Wen. Okay, Severin... wait, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> if, if they... Okay, if he has 100% creative control and a director's cut, 
Why does there need to be like two? Is that, is that two different things? I don't know. Severin percent creative control. That means there's no reason for a director's cut. Severin wrote the check, and three years later, without ever seeing a draft of the script, when it returned with a bottle filled to the brim with romantic and thrilling lightning. Oh, okay, this was written by Tim League, whoever, okay, whoever that is. This does not sound like James Wen at all. <laughs> this might be one of the the, the most fantastic blurbs I've man. ever read. <laughs> I know this man, and he would not shit all over himself like this. Sorry, Twitch. Uh, he just wouldn't. He's the greatest. Oh, my gosh. This, this is an amazing, amazing blurb for a movie. Like... I love that they're like they distributed the first movie, but they didn't want to touch the second one because it was yeah, crap. It was such garbage. <laughs> we don't even want to be attached to this one. Yeah, so that's why we brought it up. <clears throat> okay, so it sounds like they're going to disregard that that movie even existed. Like the events, whatever happened in that movie, which I haven't watched because I did not have a desire to. Uh, I saw uh, it. They're just going to glam glam right over it. Yeah. Well, we, we, we've we talked about my inside knowledge of Birdemic 2 previously, and uh, I don't want to cover that ground again, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a great... Guys, if you want to read this for yourself or share it with other people, um, I'm just going to drop the link in the chat, but if you go to uh, the the Twitter account for... Movie head picks. Uh, on, on and he Twitter, had other where... tweets too, didn't he? It was uh, the only stuff that we didn't touch on before was the 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 two newest ones about uh, Birdemic Three being at the Mayhem Film Festival in UK, and then this one for Fantastic Fest for that wonderful little blurb. God, I love that. That was so. That was just so all <sighs> over the place. I can go back to this. Now. I just, I, 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 I can't believe anymore. they felt the need to just to take a dump all over Birdemic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's but, hilarious. It totally just but, makes uh, it so just, much better. Wow. Yeah, I bet James <laughs> Wen requested that 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 was in there. Be like, okay, I, I, I don't want like, like he doesn't want. I mean, look, he wants all the credit for Birdemic, but it's yeah. terrible. But he doesn't want any credit for Birdemic too, which is also terrible. Yeah. Which was was worse, like from every whoa. aspect, from what I heard. But like, I guess I think with that one, didn't wasn't he like trying to make one of those fully self aware bad movies at that point? Like, isn't that the what he did with that, that one? The word that I got was that they gave him like like all this stuff about him having creative con- not having creative control was not true. That it was completely a hundred percent his vision. Yeah, I'm that not was surprised. the word I got. <laughs> that, that 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 like him going out doing all this complaining that it was intentionally bad and there were too many cooks in the oven on that one and this and that. That's a lie. I love that they put that in the descriptor though for this. Yeah. <laughs> like we're just uh, gonna say there was too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, we're just acknowledge that, that that we'll just acknowledge that that movie was a pile of crap. But like Birdemic, <laughs> the first it was one, awesome, it was awesome, God. amazing. 
It was so we good. We shocked and terrored the world. <laughs> with, our, yeah. with, with our scenic vistas, our Lord of the Rings <laughs> style vistas of 15 gallons of horse piss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Followed by 45 minutes of clip art, birds, fires, and explosions. <laughs> and people dying while they're taking a shit. Yeah. That's that's a real cinematic masterpiece right there, man. Oh my gosh. Uh hey, is Josh Flowers in the chat? Yes. Yes, he is. Okay, good. That means okay. So <clears throat> segue. Segue. I happen to approve the uh Son of Santa audiobook, the last of my audiobooks that we have been speaking of extensively on this podcast for the past year. And uh I got the um uh, they uploaded uh, my uh, 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 wonderful, wonderful narrator, uh, Colette. And I don't think I'm going to be telling stories out of school that uh, our uh, listener and number one fan, uh, Josh Flowers, helped with the editing on that. Ah. And so they uh, they uploaded the, uh, the, the, the last chapter. I listened to the whole thing front to back. And it's just fantastic. Like everything about it. Is, is 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 just great every time every time i like review one of these things like like this whole experience for me has kind of like gotten me reacquainted with with like my past work from like 15 uh, years ago yeah in some cases longer than that dang and um it just it just it makes me see it in a different perspective but i'm also just like stunned at just like how awesome all the narrators that I got and with this one specifically, of course, with this one specifically, just how amazing and professional and really just like dry humor, funny, my narrators are. And they just like take like my, just like my, here it is, dry humor jokes and just nail everything about it. And it's, um, it's, it's really quite enjoyable for me and i just wanted to say uh publicly to 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 colette and to josh how incredibly like i can't say enough good things about the production and about them as people and about how much more they've enriched the experience for me like I don't want to get too sappy or anything, but it really was, it really was special for me to to listen to this this story. Well, these stories there there's four stories in this book. There's the original Son of Santa novel, and then there's uh, three short stories that come after it. And um, the the original novel is. Like it's, it's, it's more lighthearted and, and bouncy and this and that. I forgot how dark I went with the short stories. Like, I don't want a spoiler <laughs> alert for, 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 for son of Santa, but I crippled the nicest character I've probably ever <laughs> written. It just had a herd of black Friday moms just trample and cripple him. And I was like, Oh God. I forgot just how dark it got. I mean, everything turns out okay for him in, in the end, but still. Well, that's good. But, <laughs> but 
but Colette was able to take the humor that I wove into that. She 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 kept the the funny dry humor parts very funny, but like also like like in some of like the more deathly serious things that I can't believe I did now. <laughs> uh, she was able to keep that 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 serious, and it's just like she she's so very talented that she was able to to pull it all off in such in such an amazing fashion i'm really surprised that this is like her first production of this kind and one of the, one of the other things that that really kind of delighted me was that um you know music you have to be i'm not like look the difference between me like as a writer and all the people that I troll in that group of 65,000 people that hates my guts is that I that know group? that I write. Yeah. Well, no, I left a couple of weeks ago and I'll tell that story later on, but like, like, but the, the, it, because if I tell that story now, I'm going to go off on another tangent, but the, the, the difference between me and like those guys is that I know I'm writing trash. I know it. I know what kind of writer I am. So you're like so, the David Giancola of authoring. Is that what you're saying? Sort so, sort of, yeah. Um, <laughs> not taking but, it too um, seriously. Yeah, not taking it too seriously, but uh, you know, like it's it resonates with me. Yeah. And for like I think that is kind of, you know, one of the more important things to do to do with writing, but like I'm not saying I'm I'm a great writer, but it takes at least a knowledgeable writer to make music work in in prose because a lot of times like you say oh this song came on the radio that doesn't work because what if the reader doesn't know or hasn't heard whatever stupid song you're you're talking about they're not gonna have any context for that yeah uh, so but there was a piece of music that I really wanted to use in one of the short stories called Attack of the Yeti, and it was Bing Crosby's Adeste Fidelis, which is the Latin version of O Come All Ye Faithful. And it's one of my favorite pieces of Christmas music out there. Yeah. And during the production, I said, I was like, hey, there's this song in Chapter seven. Uh, here's. Oh, and another thing <laughs> to call that that I completely forgot that I did. <laughs> super quick is that there are there are lines spoken in foreign languages that i that i completely forgot that i wrote and she emailed me as be like hey i'm looking for pronunciate i'm looking for the pronunciation pronunciation on the icelandic and i was like oh shit i forgot <laughs> so um i had to provide her with um and she actually did pretty good on that re really well on that by herself because she actually went and looked up uh, pronunciation guides in Icelandic. Oh, nice. Uh, so, but, um, and uh, I was able to help her out with some of the other things that, that, that she couldn't find. And, and she nailed it and um, actually recorded because my German is okay. It's not great. And um, I was able to record like more or less what the German lines were supposed to sound like. And she knocked that out of the park too. So if anybody complains that the German sounds not that great. It's not her fault. It's mine <laughs> because that's my German, not hers. Yeah. So, um, uh, Josh said, uh, uh, thanks, Dave. Thank you for giving us a chance and for all your patience. Oh, no, no, no problem, Josh. I'm, I'm about to put you guys over. This is probably 
this might be the nicest thing that I say, not that I haven't said nice things before, but like what really got me was um, Colette's rendition of Adeste Fidelis. I sent her a YouTube video of like, hey, this is how Bing Crosby sings it. Um, like if this helps you with that, then, you know, you know, that that's really all I can offer you. And she act she sang Adeste Fidelis. Wow. And uh, it was they edited it, it through into like word for word, like how it appears. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. But yeah. like but the editing was 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 so flawless. And like she went for it, man, like like her her, her rendition of Adeste Fidelis in this. I don't want to. I don't really want to say it's the best thing about the about the narration, <laughs> but it was a it was a real awesome unexpected because she can really belt out a tune. She is she's amazing. That's that cool. like she, she she she's a great singer. So I was I was tickled is probably too light of a word to use, but I was I was just I really really enjoyed her singing that the way she did, and I I, I appreciate everything that these that these guys did one other thing i will say about son of santa before we move on and i'm pretty sure that i don't know if colette's listening or not but i'm pretty sure that she would back me up on this like when you're when i mean and this is just me talking now uh, when you're in, you know, your early 40s, like I am, and you go back and you review material that you wrote in your mid to late 20s, some of the things are just going to be like, oh, God, why did I do that? <laughs> now, if I um, if I were to go back to myself in 2007 through 2010, which was when these stories were written, and I was able to have like a, a, a sit down with my writer, with myself, my writer self from that era, I'd be like, one, the one thing I would say, if I had to say one thing, I'd be like, bro, I know you think that boobs are hilarious. I know you think <sighs> this, okay? And you're right. Th they are, but um, maybe you don't need to make a fake titty joke literally in every scene that Gina appears. <laughs> 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 like, like it's funny at the time when you write it because like those short stories were written like months apart from each other and it didn't feel like I was making that many fake titty jokes. But like when you listen to it all back to back, you're like, oh God. Oh man. Like I'd just be like, maybe not every time she shows up. What have I so, done? Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, I mean, they're funny. I, I guess. I mean, of course, I, I think they're funny. I wrote them. I wrote them to resonate with like my sense of humor at that time. But I just I just kind of wish I hadn't written a fake titty joke every time in every scene that Gina shows up in after she gets fake titties. That like like that is and that's entirely on me. That's got nothing to do with the narration. <laughs> oh, Dave. Oh, God. But yeah, that so I approved the um, I approved the final cut, and it's at Audible right now, doing its own quality control check, which means it should be uh, available here in the next few days. Awesome. Oh, and speaking of that, yeah, speaking of that, Audible is having a sale right now. Everybody, Audible is having a sale right now, and 
across the board. Every single title on Audible right now is super cheap. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Son of Santa is going to make it on time because the sale ends, I think, on Saturday or before Saturday. And uh, if it does, great. But right now, Happy Valley and the Tumbleweed Dossier are super cheap on Audible.com. Go to Audible.com. Search my name, Dave Chadwick. Uh, look for Happy Valley and the Tumbleweed Dossier. Happy Valley narrated by Caleb A. Meacham and uh, Tumbleweed Dossier is narrated by General Hospital star Haley Polis. If you've been holding out, now's the time. Yes. And uh, do it before the 24th because, uh, you know, the, according to The Simpsons and, and what certain people are saying online, there's going to be no electricity on Earth after the 24th. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, the... The the one movement of the uh, the one letter movement, uh, I'm sure people know who I'm talking about. Uh, I don't want to say their name because I don't want to do anything. <clears throat> one but, letter uh, movement. Yeah, they they go by the name of the letter that comes after P. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have a mass EMP somebody... event on Saturday. Every time someone tries to explain to me like what that's about. All I hear is just like 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 birds and the ocean. Like I don't retain any of it. They're so just like, uh-huh, okay. It's just sure. a group of conspiracy theorists that run with all the weirdest crap and try and spread it as much as they can. That's yeah, all it is. It, it's it's and I I know I've used this comparison before, but it's like anytime try someone tries to tell me like why Batman versus Superman sucks, <laughs> it's been explained to me so many times, and I never retain any of it. You shouldn't like it, like, Dave, because uh, I didn't like I, it. Uh, I love that movie. <laughs> Speaking of movies, let's go ahead and take a look at the weekend box office. Uh, the the number one movie over the weekend, The Woman King, starring Viola Davis. Uh, second movie, The Barbarian, uh, horror movie. Uh, Pearl, coming in at third. See how they run, coming in at fourth. And sliding down to number five is Bullet Train. And then Top so Gun's Top right Gun's not it. in there at all. It's Top not in Gun's Top still Five. In my theater. Top Gun is it's still playing in my theater too. It's uh, it's currently in sixth place overall in the box office for last Dude, weekend. That's, that's so impressive. It the is. Should do that. Seven hundred and nine million dollars so far, just in the U.S. Here. Seven hundred nine million dollars. Yeah. Not total. No, seven hundred nine million week, in yeah. in the U.S. Okay. Not seven million, seven hundred and nine million dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay, yeah, that sounds. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds more accurate. No, it was uh, two point two million dollars over billion. the weekend. It, it might have billion. world. It, it, it worldwide. This is just. Oh. This is just domestic. Okay. So yeah, worldwide, it's up there. But uh, I I know a movie that didn't that didn't make anywhere near that much money. <laughs> Um, At least I would imagine it didn't make anywhere near that much money. That is, oh, uh, is this week's, just... yeah, this week's riff, the last uh, new riff that they did, uh, the blood uh, the of Fu that... Manchu, also the, the known we... as Kiss and Kill, and Against All what? Odds. Really? Yes. Yeah, they it's actually up. Titles. It's actually up on Turner Classic as Kiss and Kill. <sighs> So guys, we watched this movie literally like what? An a hour couple and a half hours ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
like, this morning. And, like I've already flushed a lot of it because it's 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 hmm. um the good news. This is not a copper mountain type situation. <laughs> no, this is not, not like yeah. This is this is not like this is not. I would not consider this a trash tier pick, like I would with Copper Mountain, and dare I say it, even Cats. Um, this this one actually felt like a proper movie. Yeah, and it 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 it, it felt like it belongs in the Rift Tracks canon, but there are some problems with it. Yeah, and, the main one um, being this is the fourth in a, in yeah. in. Technically, it's the fifteenth overall Fu Manchu movie, but it's the fourth in the series with Christopher Lee playing Fu Manchu, which yeah is a whole nother box of worms that we're not gonna we're not gonna get into. Um, yeah, they do make a couple of jokes like about Batman's, it, yeah. and thankfully, it wasn't like a ton of of a ton of time spent on talking about the fact that it's you know Christopher Lee playing an, an Asian man. Uh, I think they make two references. They make to two it, references, yeah. one at the very beginning and one at the end. At least those are the only two that I can remember. There might have been another one thrown in there somewhere, but um they they do they do poke fun at it a couple times and that's it. And we're not gonna discuss it because we don't we don't really get yeah, into that really stuff that too again. much. We're not a serious podcast where yeah, we need to discuss the, serious the, the issues. Discussion of issues. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just talk about Dumb movies and we leave, and people we leave that to the experts like James Wen, <laughs> who is a master of the romantic thriller. Yeah, and environmental enviros, <laughs> and yeah, and <clears throat> okay, humping computer ghosts. <laughs> so this movie is like I said, it's the fourth in the series uh, with Christopher Lee, and that means that we kind of are thrown in the middle of this overarching story and we have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that yeah, they don't do any recap at all. And No, I, there's nothing. I think this is Yeah, I think that this is where cuz I I was thinking about it during my walk to the park and back about how this is really kind of a demographics issue within specifically Specifically, welcome back from the edit, everybody. Specifically <laughs> within the Rift Track slash MST3K fandom. Yeah. Now, I don't think that it is unfair to say that uh, the, 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 the Rift Track slash Misty fandom, we're an aging fandom in that we're not getting any younger. We're not attracting like new, younger people to the product so like we're like fixed within like a certain age range and i think that like jeremy and i if we're not like at the younger end of it we're like near the younger end of it if you look at if you look at like and i saw this at i think rift tracks live uh hobgoblins or amityville when they would show um, when they would show uh, uh, shots of the crowd, I was not, I, I, <laughs> not appalled, but just shocked at just like how old everybody was, <laughs> like the audience. 
Like it's, I, I hate to say it, but it's, it's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, really the um, only way that, that younger people are, are getting into it, at least what it seems is, you know, us forcing it on them. Like, Hey, watch yeah. this. No, no, no. Watch, watch this. this with Trust me, me. my this. child. Yes. That's, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my son's into it kind of, uh, my 13 year old daughter's getting into it now. Um, she really likes the fact that they did uh, that old version of uh, the Wonderful Land of Oz. Yeah, I love that. that's a really really awesome one. Um, um, but um, I think that like one of the failures, one of the many failures, and I'm not afraid to say this anymore because <laughs> whatever, screw it. One of the many failures of the MST3K revival was its attempt to get a younger audience and failing like they tried hard for it, but they made all the wrong decisions. Like they blew all their money on these celebrity cameos thinking they could get young people, but they got only celebrity cameos that appealed to people older than us, like Jerry Seinfeld, you know, <laughs> and, and Will Wheaton, you know, so Will Wheaton. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I, Shut I, up, like Wesley. Joel, I know Joel went on like game grumps and was like completely out of his element. So <laughs> the like the demographic that we're in isn't getting any younger. OK, now that's fine because older people like us, dare I say, it, we need information, not information. We need entertainment made for us as well because we're still alive. But yeah. like the mainstream outlets, they they produce it for like you know, not old people like us. Yeah, like 18 so, to 26, I think is yeah, the main yeah. demographic. Rift tracks is, is making stuff for us, but they're also making stuff for like the demographic that within the Rift tracks, misty verse that are older than us, that appeals yeah. to like, um, people who were way into Fu Manchu, like, back when it was like a super popular thing so they're, like they're, this... this one is aimed more at people the age of mike kevin yeah. and bill yeah yeah it's which really is not meant to be an them. insult no it's not it's not and like they like like they deserve to have stuff that's made for them yeah. right which is fine but it leaves stuff people like me and jeremy it kind of leaves us out in the cold because this movie has no recap like like that's one of the, the 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 major problems I had with enjoying it was that you know it was it was chosen it was like it's justifiable as a movie choice because our fandom has this particular demographic in it yeah so and that's why like, it's that's why it's not a copper mountain type situation that's why it's not trash tier movie selection well and it didn't feel that's a save yeah it didn't feel like it was hours longer than it actually was either. Yeah. It, it, it um, felt like a shorter movie. This was definitely a shorter movie. It was an yeah, hour was and a few minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it felt like it was about that length. It didn't feel like it just kept dragging on and on. The only issue like Dave mentioned is the fact that, uh, we don't know who any of these characters are supposed to be, but uh, even though they've been established demographic- over three previous films, that demographic that is older than us, they do know that. Yes, they like, do know that. Like, they're way into it. And, so, like, 
at least if you want to know what happens after after this movie, like if you care for whatever reason, uh, and you just want to watch it with with riffs, you can. They did it in season three of MST3K. Uh, the Castle of Fu Manchu was the fifth and final movie of this set, this series of films. Um, so at least yeah, so... you could go into that one with maybe a little bit of knowledge of who the characters are now because you've watched this one. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> so this this got but that like, going for it. I don't know. But we are just dropped. Like Jeremy and I were just dropped. And we, were, we were chatting about it while we were watching. I think he was like maybe 25 minutes behind me. Yeah, I was a little bit. Um, it was, man, like, I, I couldn't tell you what happened to this movie. I couldn't tell you who anybody is. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't even tell you where they are. I know they're in South America because I learned that on Wikipedia. Well, and they do Um, say, they do mention South America. Um, the, the people who are in London mention that the rest of the stuff is going on in South America because then they go to South America the, like, the whole I, I won't lie there there were sections of this movie where my brain just checked out like I couldn't <laughs> help it because I didn't know what was happening the only thing that I recognize and I I said this to Dave exactly <laughs> I'm just there there's a part where one of the uh the the women slaves uh is she's trying to get this uh this guy, this self-proclaimed king uh, of whatever this little town is in South America. And uh, she's, like, trying to be seductive and dance up to him. And uh, oh, though, I don't know if you could actually her. call it if you could call it dancing. I, yeah, I don't know what exactly dancing. it was. Yeah, but... I just feel like, oh, you can kind of see my nipples. Is, is yeah, she had, a, she had a see-through, a see-through outfit on. Um and at one point, like one of her boobs literally falls out of the the thing she's wearing, and they make a joke about uh, Justin Timberlake causing another uh, wardrobe malfunction. But uh, I, I literally, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I mentioned to Dave, I I'm just like, it. I just said, "Oh, hello, breasts." At least there's something in this movie that I can understand what's happening. <laughs> like, I understand that part of it, yeah. but there was just so much. So... Like, okay, the the main plot of this film. Since we've kind of touched on you it, could detect we had one? to. Well, I had to look it up. Uh, okay. Even even the the plot on Wikipedia is short. It's literally one short paragraph. Like one paragraph, I think. Um, yeah. But this is this is the plot of the movie, and some of it even in the film. Reading this like didn't make any sense, but. Uh, in his remote jungle hideout, the evil Dr. Fu Manchu, with his sadistic daughter Lin Tang, has discovered a deadly venom in a lost city in the Amazonian jungle that affects only men. Women can become carriers of the kiss of death by being bitten by venomous snakes. And in the movie it says that they're black cobras. Uh, the venom causes blindness and ultimately is followed by six uh, death six weeks later. Okay. Wow. Uh, he. They also mentioned something in the movie about uh, if he unleashes the the poison itself on the world on the the full moon, it'll kill everybody or something. Oh, like yeah, I like didn't. He's magic. That was towards the end. They just kind of threw it in. 
I, I don't know. He's a mad scientist. Magic? He's a mad scientist. I don't know if he's so got he's magic, magic at all. But... I don't even know, man. I don't he know wants to. He like wants to dominate the world. What? That's that's what it is. He sends these women out to kill people uh, by kissing them, and uh, like later in the movie, we see just random shots of dead dudes laying around. One guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. In a one pool. of them was like floating in a pool. Yeah. Those were all of his enemies uh, with political influence that he took out. The main character or the main person that was affected by the venom and blinded, uh, Nayland Smith. He's like uh, his main foil, I guess, throughout the entire series of, of books and movies and whatever. Um, he gets blinded, but then they discover that the antidote is also the women. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yes, their blood contains the antidote. Okay. So <laughs> they're laying next to each other. They just cut open the arm of the woman and the arm of Nayland, and they just kind of press them on each other like when you used to do like people used to do, like blood packs or whatever they'd like cut their hands and like shake hands it was kind of like that you just kind of had to mush it together and and uh, I think Bill said uh, the blood knows what it needs to do transfusions and that was <laughs> I loved that riff that, that cracked me up the way you said it Um, but yeah that's the plot of the movie and Okay. <laughs> I still don't know yeah, who anybody like, is. Okay, cool. We got it. Oh, you know, I, I love it then to be like, well, can we, like, so I guess they destroy the underground lair. Yeah, the poison and something. stuff all got destroyed somehow. And to be like, oh, that's the end of the lost city. But is it the end of Fu Manchu? I wish I could be more certain of that. Well, no, you can't, stupid. Of course you can't. You guys then... like Freddy Krueger if this is like movie number four. Well, then, like, it, then like you Freddy, see a silhouette Jason of Fu Manchu, and he's like, I, Fu Manchu, will return. <laughs> and that's yeah. the end of the movie. Then the credits start rolling again. And it's, 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 yeah. But there, now, in the, there, in, in the end credits, there was something weird. Like, it says copyright 2017. I was like, somebody colorized this? What the hell is this? Yeah, I don't know what that is. I uh, it's probably just whoever owns the licensing for it now. I don't oh, know. guys, my oh, guys, my my niece is just walking out of my house. I'm gonna I'm gonna scare. Hey, Moo Moo. <laughs> hey, Moo. Uh, so there is a plot. The problem is is it's Hi. hard to know what's going on because we're kind of dropped in the middle of it. Uh, like we said, we don't know who any of these characters are beforehand. They don't really do any sort of character introductions in this because you're supposed to know who they all are because of the previous three movies in the series. And but we don't. So it makes it a little Yeah, we don't. We have no idea to concentrate on and to know what's going on and to care. Because you don't care about these people because you no, really I really, no, don't well, really even learn who they are throughout the movie. Or which the guy is who like, did not die. And they've tossed in a waterfall, and he very clearly blinks. Yeah. <laughs> the guy That's the guy that they said uh, that they threw a dummy of mankind over the waterfall. Yeah. Uh, Which I thought was... That was a reference to good. Mick Foley being having a non-athletic build. <laughs> yes. So, okay, Dave. I know we didn't know who anybody was, and it kind of made it a little difficult to to figure out what was going on. But 
How do you think we should rate the plot for this one? I don't know, man. I I, I, I can't like it's it's hard because it's just like you know, like you wouldn't rate the plot of of like Rogue One, like you've never if you had never seen Star Wars before ever, and you saw you said when you saw Rogue One and you're like, well, that had a terrible plot. I had no idea what the hell any of this. Like, wh- <laughs> what? Like, why? Like, like, why? Why did they linger on that guy with an ass face? Like, why is he important? Like, what? <laughs> like, so I mean, like, you wouldn't go and and Rogue One. Well, you know, now you I, can watch I, Andor streaming now on Disney Plus. The first three episodes. No, no, sir. <laughs> I will not. I will not be doing that. Disney Plus. Uh, like I'm not nostalgic for 2016 yet, okay? <laughs> God's sake. Um, I'm pretty but, sure that started uh, today. Um, I think it did. I don't know. I don't care about don't it, so I, I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to abstain from the plot because I don't want to be unfair to it. <sighs> I mean, you you can rate it, but just like if I were to rate out, say like one, I had no idea what was happening. But that's not fair. I think, I think I'm gonna go right down the middle with this one. Give it two and a half. Okay. Uh, All right. Simply cool. because yeah. there was a plot, yeah. but it was hard to parse what was going on with the people because we didn't know who the hell anybody was, yeah. except for Fu Manchu, and that's only because you know I've seen the pictures before. I'm gonna be Barack Obama, and I'm gonna vote present. <laughs> uh, the acting. What about the acting in this movie? It was bad. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I would say I would probably give it the same level of acting as um, the Bloody Pit of Horror. So like two. Two. Yeah, Yeah, I it was it was probably right in line with the Bloody Pit of Horror. I would agree with that. Uh, It's it's very much like right there. Uh, What about uh, the dialogue? No. (laughs) One. I agree with that. Uh, this is one that I know Dave is going to have some words to say about it. Uh, the cinematography. The cinematography was terrible. It was bad. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's the worst we've ever seen because I've decided that every time I say that, it's, I end up being wrong. Like, um, <laughs> It's not like Mikey where the cinematography is amazing, but it's also not like something like, say, Things. So I don't know. Eh, three. Three? Really? I'm surprised you're going that high with it. The way that you were talking yeah. about it. Yeah. I've seen well, no, it is terrible. It's bad. It's not you're not good either, but there's like, there's a shot. There's a shot in this movie that it, it, I laughed just over the shot of it because uh the guy uh Nyland was was riding in the back of a of one of those Trucks that you always see in the in the war movies set in the jungle anywhere where it's like the truck and it has like the big domed canopy on the back, kind of like the old uh, covered wagons that they used to traverse the Oregon Trail. And, yeah. uh, and it's showing a shot from inside the truck out through the flaps while the jungle is moving backwards because they're driving down the down the road. And it's very, very shaky and unsteady because, you know, they didn't have, like, steady cams and stuff. And then it cuts and it shows Nyland's face. 
Who's blind at this point? So are we to assume that the shot was supposed to be from his point of view? Like, it shouldn't have been anything then because he was blind. And in that case, why even show it? Okay, like, I'm it literally went on for like a minute. More about the cinematography here. Now that you say <laughs> this, and I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to revisit it. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to amend my score. Uh, I'm officially submitting a correction for my taxes here. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna give it a two. A two. <laughs> See, that's yeah. that's more in line with what I expected you to give it in the first place. But like you well, said, no, you kind I was of thinking the about. Movie. I, I started thinking about things. <laughs> well, okay, like, here's where I messed up on that. I started thinking about things that were worse. <laughs> so, yeah. thanks, you redheaded dickhead. Um, Welcome back from the edit, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Okay, yeah, editing. I, I started thinking about things that were worse, and I overrated it. Yeah. I get that. Um, what about the editing, Dave? That was the editing. The one the editing was atrocious. <laughs> the editing was really bad at this. I'm getting that's 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 a one, for sure. Yeah. Um, effects. The effects were awful there were as well. In, oh yeah, no, we can't. No, okay. Well, it's not a zero. No, well, it's not a zero, is, but because I, I can think of I can think of a movie that I love that had worse effects. That's Yambao. It like kind of like the same thing because you remember in Yambao they like had like that like they, they found the three frames where they threw yeah. Yambao's body over it did look like a stupid mannequin and they used mm-hmm. that. That's worse than them throwing the fat mannequin over the wall. <laughs> uh, we'll give it so, a one and a half. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. One and there's a half. there's one other thing. I know I'm kind of in the middle of this here, but there's one other thing that I forgot to mention about this. Um, okay. Shirley Eaton appears in a scene. Uh, this is straight from Wikipedia. That she says she was never paid for. Uh, and apparently, what happened was the director, the director inserted uh, stock footage of her. Oh, right. From the girl from, from Rio. Oh, I thought it was a million eyes of Sumeru. Without telling her, no, the million eyes of Sumeru was uh, the. I don't remember if it was the previous movie, The Vengeance. Yeah, the previous movie to this one, The Vengeance of Fu Manchu, was released as a double feature with The Million Eyes of Sumeru originally. Okay. Um, but yeah, she they put stock footage of her from a different movie in this movie, and nobody told her, and she didn't find out until years later that she had been in a Fu Manchu film. <laughs> That's funny. I, I was going to mention that earlier, but I completely forgot. Um, sound and music. I'm going to go with one because I don't remember anything about it. Like, yeah. it was that forgettable. It, nothing sticks out in this at all. Like, like, like there wasn't any cheesy Chinese music or anything. Like, if, if there would, I would, I would remember that. Like, I'm trying no, they, they, right they now could, to remember the sound, that. the music, yeah. and I can't. I can't remember anything in particular that was in the movie. Let, let me ask you something. Were, were you ever intimidated by Christopher Lee's presence? In this film? No. <laughs> okay. Not in this film. Like, he, you could tell that he was supposed to be the villain, but... The, but, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's, like, yeah. I think, I think there were, I think they were depending on, like, 
people like you know again it goes back to people who are familiar with the character like yeah who had already watched the previous three movies like i had no idea like i still don't know if he's magic or not (laughs) yeah i i don't i don't (laughs) it's it's hard to tell if he is he supposed to have like special powers or or not is he just a warlord is he like a conum like like what are you like I, Genghis Khan? I, I mean, like, what's his deal? <laughs> this movie yeah, could, like, a recap would have been so helpful. Yes, it would have been 100% helpful because then we might have actually known what was going on and cared even a little bit. Yeah. And in this, in this case, there was no reason to. Um, yeah. The stakes were low. You know, we didn't know who anybody was. It, it was just, it was just bad. Um, how about the directing? What do you think? The fact that it existed, you know, <laughs> two, I guess. I'm not giving. I'm not giving anything. I'm not giving this thing any th- threes anymore. Again, it did feel like an actual movie, like not. Yeah. You know, some of these other things. That but we've it seen doesn't recently. raise to three level. It doesn't rise to like media to like you know uh, le- what? What's that joke in in Harry Potter four or five when? <laughs> They um um uh they're in the uh the room of requirement and, and Harry is like teaching everyone how to do like the defensive spells and the attack spells and yeah. Neville's screwing it up and then like he finally does something and they'd be like everyone's like oh congratulations Neville and the riff is you ro- you rose to a level of mild competence that's kind of <laughs> how I feel about like the directing of this movie it's like yeah it was mildly competent. Like the Neville Longbottom of directing. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good way to put it. Uh, character and personality of this movie. I, we don't know any of the characters. I, we couldn't tell. We don't what know. Was going on. Two. It's a two. It's, it's a two. Okay. Oh man. Two's across the board. Two's across. But no, did we already give some some of it once? Yes, we gave some of it once. Okay. Um. And then the riff. Some of the good ones in this, uh, again, right at the beginning. They had a great dancing, it's on reference, which yes. I appreciate. She's dancing, but I can't tell if it's I on. Tell if it's on. There was some good, some good. Uh, Anytime some they reference obscure riffs that I like. They actually, they like made a, a cannibal world riff in here. Yeah. Which, uh, Did you which we that? haven't talked about yet. We'll have to talk about that one soon. Um, yeah, but when they I watched it, I when mean, they're walking I, through the jungle. I can tell you my entire thoughts about it right now, super quick. Cannibal World, the female lead is naked through the entire thing, and that <laughs> arm effect is horrendous. There, that's my <laughs> review of Cannibal World. Uh, but they they say that they're having flashbacks to uh, the nostalgia yeah, of doing World. Cannibal World during the jungle scene. Yeah, and all that nostalgia joke. for for July of 2022. <laughs> yeah. They make a joke in, at the very beginning of this uh, with Christopher Lee, and uh, they're oh, like, "Oh yeah, he on. went on. He went on to play that wizard." And uh, oh, what, was, what was his name? And Saruman. Kevin's like Saruman, and he's like, "Oh, don't feel bad. I can't remember his name either, man." And it's just like, and Bill says, "Go straight to hell, both of you." Yes, you both can go straight to hell. Oh, I love it. And then at the very end, the other joke about about uh, Christopher Lee playing this this character 
uh, they're like, ah, oh, Fu Manchu, played by someone with the last name of Lee. He must be Asian. That was like the one reference that, that, that they did for it. Yeah. There was a lot of good callbacks <sighs> in this one. Um, at least I was laughing while I was watching it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's some good stuff. So I'll get a four. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like mind blowing. Like, yeah, again, it's not I mean, like, I, a, oh my God, you have like, to like, watch this right now. Riff. Yeah. It's not like guy from Harlem or, um, you know, things like, things like that. Yeah. Talking cat or spiker. Yeah. Any of that like stuff. I wouldn't like, I mean, like, I like like I I'm probably not gonna watch it again, but I don't wanna put it in like but I also don't resent its existence like Copper Mountain. Like it's not <laughs> that cats. kind of a situation. Ugh. Yeah. I I might eventually watch this one again, like if it's on you know, like uh if I, I was on Twitch or turn something, on the Twitch yeah. stream or whatever in the background and it's on you know, I I'll I'll pay a little bit of attention to it because it is it is very humorous, but um. Yeah, it's my favorite riff was the dance and it's on riff. That's that's my official yeah. That position. was good. Any any time where they they can do any any sort of callbacks to good ones like that to like really uh, good ones, but also good obscure ones that I like. Like like that's they're good obscure and ones that I'm a fan of. Like they'll be <laughs> like, oh, cool, yeah. There we I go. Saw, you you're speaking of kind of obscure stuff. I saw a list the other day, and it was like uh, the top ten uh, small budget sci-fi movies you've probably never heard of, or whatever. And how many of them they have you heard of? Uh, almost all of them. Uh, half of them, at least, were Rift uh, already. And but one of them was uh, Planet of the Dinosaurs, and they had that ranked like number <laughs> five. And I'm like, what are you what smoking? When you're watching this. That movie is awful. <laughs> I mean, it's dude, yeah, it's it it it's an essential riff. Like, we should talk about that. Have we talked about Planet of Dinosaurs on the uh, podcast? I don't remember. I'd have to look at the master list. But do we want to make a commitment to talk about that if we haven't? If we like, haven't, right yes, live? we'll definitely talk about that one. Oh, on good, because that one is. I love it. I love Planet. I actually watched that in Japan. Nice. The riff in two thousand nine, uh, thirteen years ago, <laughs> when it first came out. Well, so. the, the 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 totals are in. Out of fifty possible points, the blood of Fu Manchu gets nineteen. So not the worst. Uh, yeah, uh, not the best either. Not the best, but not the worst. I don't think anything will I be cats. Best... <laughs> As for being the worst, I mean like. Nothing will get a lower score than I don't cats. Know, man. Copper Mountain, Copper Mountain, and Cats, man, are pretty close. They are. They're but both think, pretty close. But oh yeah, that's right. Like we we did a thing where Cats got zeros across the board. That's never yeah. happened. I don't yeah. think that's ever gonna happen again. No. Like something has <laughs> no, to be as bad know. as Cats. <laughs> and Cats is Cats is every bit as bad as you think. It is literally the worst movie they've done. I, I know I said this a lot last week, but I'm going to stand by that. Yeah, you know, it is the worst movie. People talk about Roller Gator. People talk about Roller Gator. Uh uh-uh. uh Cats. Cats. Easy. Easy. Cats is even worse than Baby Ghost, and uh, I, I. It's even worse than things like 
Yeah, I said that Cats last week, is but like very hundred percent standing by that. This movie First is, even though this movie is boring, really, uh, it's it's way better than Cats. I would watch this. Oh yeah, a million times yeah. before I ever like watch Cats again. Like I said again. before, we're not talking like we are not talking about a trash tier level riff or no or movie selection. No, it's just it's For, mid. That's not what this was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike says cats is a whole other level. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh so Dave, now we gotta get to our big question. Would you watch yeah. this movie unrift? Probably not. I'm I'm uh, no. I would not. What about you? <sighs> Only if I could start it from the first movie, and that would be too much for me watching five of these. So yeah, I, See, and, and, and I don't think I would thing. get this I don't far. Really have an, I don't really have an interest in this franchise. No, like I know, like, and that just goes back to to the demographic discussion. Is that I'm just like not like I mean, this was for. I mean, like this was a, this was that throwing a bone to the older Misty crowd, like the Joel era Misty crowd. Yeah. Then I'm just not in that demographic. Uh, I will say this, just because I thought this was really funny. Um, the last person to portray a version of Fu Manchu committed to film in any way, Nicolas Cage. What? Uh, Is that the, true? Yes. Uh, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was one of the, the fake trailers that they had for Grindhouse. Because it says it was in Grindhouse, and I know they had a bunch of like fake movie trailers for other horror films and stuff. And I'm pretty sure that's where it was, but that it was Nicolas Cage is the last person to play huh. uh, Fu Manchu on film. Is <laughs> Fu this point. Manchu a public domain character? I can't imagine he's not. Um, I would imagine so because just because of the fact that he the character originated in 1913. Okay, well, then he's definitely in public domain, so there can definitely be Fu Manchu Winnie the Pooh slash Frick out there that you can sell and not get sued. So I'm just putting that out into the world. (laughs) Oh, Fu Manchu and Tigger 2. There you go. It's the next next, uh, million-dollar franchise crossover. Fu Manchu. Just said Fu Manchu. Fifty Shades of Fu. Winnie the... Winnie the... Fu Manchu. Winnie the Pooh Like Manchu. you want to know, like what, what, like, like how perverse people are. You're aware of Kingdom Hearts, right? This, this, oh yeah, this unholy yeah. abomination of <laughs> IP puke fest, Kingdom Hearts. Um, one of the uh, uh, like a couple years ago, one of like you know how people like draw like fetish art. For video games and stuff. One of the popular pairings for these sick Fs that draw this stuff mm-hmm. was Sephiroth, the 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 main the villain of Final Fantasy yeah. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. And Winnie the Pooh. Oh. That's a ship. That's a popular ship for people to draw smut. Why? I'm not making that up. It's like it's full on pregnant Sonic territory. Oh. And on that note, we're going to wrap up the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If you enjoyed the episode today, uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash trueblueriffcast and support us 
by throwing us a couple dollars a month. If not, uh, you can subscribe here on Twitch where we broadcast live from. We also, you know, take bits and all that fun little stuff. Uh, but if you uh, if you can't support us financially or don't want to support us financially, that's fine. We don't really <laughs> care. We don't do this to make money off of it. We do it because we enjoy it. But if you still want to follow along, make sure you drop a follow here on Twitch and uh, you'll get notified uh, anytime we go live. And I, I do use this. This is my personal Twitch channel. I do use this for, for gaming and stuff every great once in a while. Uh, so you might get some of those too. Don't worry about it. But... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PB and Awesome. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at TB Riffcast. Uh, and I'm Dave. You can check me out on Twitter at DChadwickAuthor and on my website at DaveChadwick.info. Um, go to right now, everybody, if you're listening and you want to support me personally, and if you want to support like my narrators and stuff like that, go to audible.com, search for Dave Chadwick. They're doing a sale. I don't know how much it is, but I can't imagine it's very much. And if you've been holding out on getting the audiobooks for Happy Valley and Tumbleweed, go there right now and do that. Because that's happening now. I think it ends in a couple of days. Uh, and also, my books on Amazon do the same thing. Go to amazon.com, search for my name, Dave Chadwick. Monkey, Tumbleweed, Dossier, Son of Santa, Happy Valley. They're all 99 cents for the rest of the year. Uh, go take, go do that if you want to support me. And uh, Son of Santa should be coming out in a few days, the audiobook with uh, with our fantastic narrator, Colette Thomas. All right. We are looking forward to that. Uh, but we'll see you guys next time on the True Blue Riffcast. Rock to the die. 